Welcome all my honored guests to the ultimate duel with the best of the best. At my invitation, you come to compete for the honor of suffering the final defeat. for them but now I'm thinking yeah it's time to duel okay that was funnier than I thought it would be mostly I thought when you when you were like workshopping this bit with me before we turned on the microphones I thought it might be kind of annoying but you know it was like chuckle funny I this is exactly what I was going to do before we started recording I wasn't this is still a first draft so um <laughs> well it wasn't in the it wasn't in the chemo voice you were just doing it normally that was the that was my chemo voice no but when you were workshopping it with me you weren't using uh, the chemo voice i you know i gotta save that for when we're recording so i don't wear out my voice you know <laughs> uh hey i'm at 78 percent umineko installation let's go baby when Umino finishes downloading, we have to stop the podcast. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Olivia. That's Nora. Attention Duelist is back. We had a lot happen, but we're back and we're ready to talk about your friend and mine, Maximilian Pegasus. Rest in peace. <laughs> Not in this version. <laughs> uh, so, um... When we last left off, we were in the Duelist Kingdom arc. Uh-huh. The du- Duelist Kingdom being the tournament held by one Maximilian Pegasus. And Yugi, our boy Yugi, was entering the tournament in order to defeat Pegasus in a duel and reclaim the soul of his grandfather, Solomon Moto. <laughs> it's so That's funny so that his true. name is Solomon. <laughs> you know, because, you know... The, old, the ancient so, king, yeah. you know? Yeah, Solomon from the Bible. <laughs> so, um, you, yeah, when we last left off, Yugi fought his way through the finals. He beat his friend Joey. Um, uh, no matter what, <laughs> the games <laughs> began. Um, and now he's going to duel Pegasus. So I have the blow-by-blow of this whole duel. Because these five fucking episodes 
are just their card game. So I have basically like the blow by blow of the match here. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's let's get some blows in here. Okay. So to start us off, the first phase of this fight is that Pegasus uses the Millennium Eye and his and its like mind reading powers to predict Yugi's tactics and foil his monster in trap use. So you know Yugi will play a monster and he'll set a trap card and be like, "Haha, Pegasus will never get through this trap." And Pegasus will be like, oh, I know exactly what card you played, and I have a counter card. <laughs> and uh, beats him up that way. Uh, it's fucked up that not only does he know what Yugi's doing, he happens to have just the right card to counter him. It's really, he is like a really specific, like, um, <laughs> he, he plays like a mermaid card, and then like a mermaid's tears trap card, and they just... They both just so happen to defeat Beaver Warrior and Horn of the Unicorn. Um, so then the next thing Pegasus does is, as he did with Kaiba, you know, he summons Toon World and uh, turns all his monsters into Toons, uh, which makes them stronger. Um, and they have an additional rule that they can't be killed in battle by non-Toon monsters. Um, which is some bullshit. <laughs> I'm glad that they made it very explicit that Pegasus, like, made these cards for himself to be overpowered. And these are his OCs. These are, like, literally his OCs. There's some fascinating, uh, things going on with the Toon Monsters, where, like, from a Japanese perspective, they are, like, American cartoons, you know? Mm-hmm. But then in the, like, English dub, there's definitely a little bit of, like, oh, this wacky anime. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, they have big anime eyes to us. Um, Can you imagine if you go to a chess tournament and at the end you're sitting down with the Grandmaster and he just puts, like, an emperor piece on his <laughs> side of the board? This is my new piece, the Hitman. He has a gun, <laughs> and he can shoot your chess pieces. You'd be like, hey man, what the fuck? He uh, is on this perch, and every time it's my turn, I roll a six-sided die, and if it rolls a one, I get to eliminate one of your pawns. Um, okay. Um, so basically, Yugi is in this double bind where his cards are not effective, and also Pegasus is reading his mind. Um, but then little Yugi comes up with a strategy, um, which essentially exploits the fact that Pegasus has to, like, concentrate to read their minds. It's not instant. So if they switch back and forth between big Yugi and little Yugi, um, uh, then the then Pegasus like can't read their minds before they switch. So little Yugi will play a card and then switch back to big Yugi, and big Yugi literally doesn't know what card <laughs> that is, so <laughs> Pegasus can't read it from his mind. And then Pegasus goes to attack, and they switch back to little Yugi, who then flips it up and it's like, oh, it's a trap card to to foil your traps. Um, they basically do a complicated situation. With the Dark Magician, Magical Hats, and Mirror Force to, like, destroy Toon World and all of the Toon Monsters. Um, so they get rid of Toon World first, so the Toon World Monsters are no longer invincible, and then they Mirror Force uh, an attack back to them, so they all die. Uh, now, this might sound like quite the battle, 
<clears throat> but I'm pretty sure what we're describing is episode two of five. Yeah, I do think I do think <laughs> this is like the two of five mark, um, which is pretty funny. Uh, so then, in response to this, um, Pegasus then uh, turns the situation turns the game into a shadow game, um, where he essentially <laughs> where he essentially makes a giant bubble of evil. <laughs> that um, covers the field uh, and makes it so that Yugi's friends up top can no longer see them. Um, but basically, it's a it's a he turns it into a battle of wills where the players have to use their own stamina, um, mental mental and physical stamina to like keep the monsters on the field and make them attack one another. Um, and this complicates the situation for the Yugi's because little Yugi doesn't have like the stamina to keep to play this game for long. Um, he's going to collapse if they keep if they stall the game out. Uh, so they try to finish it quickly, but that's just what Pegasus wanted. Um, and so he's able to like trick them into making a few misplays and getting an advantage on them. Uh, Pegasus then summons uh, his boss monster, Relinquished, which is a freaky fucking guy. That can suck Yugi's monsters into itself and then use their attack and defense points to fight. Um, uh, and this is like a tricky strategy because he'll just like suck up the best monsters, including the Dark Magician, and then start like wailing on the Yugi's. Uh, small Yugi like is about to collapse, but right before he does, he plays a single card face down. Um, and then it's just Big Yugi alone with Pegasus able to totally read his mind again. Until. The peanut gallery comes down to the, the ground floor and looks at the big orb and is like, we we can't be in there fighting with Yugi, but out here we can use the power of friendship to send him our friendship and protect his mind. And they all do the thing from episode one where they put their hands together like the, the way they did when it made that little face. And mm -hmm. then sure enough, when Pegasus tries to read big Yugi's mind, he sees all the friends and they're like, Fuck off! And Pegasus is like, no! <laughs> Not the teens telling me to fuck off! Pegasus would definitely be the person who's really insecure about, like, Zoomers not liking millennials. Oh, yeah, he's he's a 27-year-old man who loves cartoons. He's gotta be so insecure. Oh, does he have, like, a cartoon YouTube channel? <laughs> he, is he, like, upset about the new, like, April O'Neil design or whatever? <laughs> well, he, he really likes, like, classic cartoons. You know, like, his mm. thing is Looney Tunes shit. Um, yeah. So I think I think Pegasus definitely talked about how, like, modern cartoons are too woke. Um, and everybody yelled at him. So, okay. Nobody even gets hit by an anvil these days. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, you couldn't get hit by an anvil. <laughs> they would cancel you. Actually, I wonder what happened to all the anvils. There were so many of them back before the war. Okay, we're but taking... But now we don't use them. <laughs> we're taking this one Where in a direction. Where did all the anvils go? We're taking this one I'm just doing in... a Gilmore Girls bit. <laughs> <sighs> so... Where did all the anvils go, though? Uh, so Big Yugi uh, <laughs> uses brain control to steal Relinquished... Um, and then uses the monsters that Relinquished has absorbed in a ritual, which is the last spell that Little Yugi put down is the, I think it's called the Ritual of Black Chaos. Um, 
but he basically sacrifices all of Pegasus's fodder monsters to summon uh the the magician of black chaos which i think is the most like kazuki takahashi loved bdsm design we have seen so far so true just it's, a f- it's been a while just- but you remember what that guy looks like right mhm i'm looking at him yeah like uh, Dear listener, please Google Magician of Black Chaos and just look at this dude with us for a few seconds. Man. Man. <laughs> Kazuki Takahashi loved BDSM. That man loved leather, and he was a hero for that. I mean so this sin- sincerely. It's a great looking guy. He's he's fucking blue. He's got the big demon horn hat. He's got that 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 like uh, he's got. He looks that... like Devil Man. Yes, he does look like he's like. What if Devil Man was a wizard? And that's sick. <laughs> Hello, I'm here. I'm here to see what would happen if Devil Man was a wizard. <laughs> well, it would be sick. Um, so Pegasus is like, haha, you fool! You didn't sacrifice relinquished though." Um, so now Relinquish can suck up your guy, um, but then Yugi plays Karibo and uses mm-hmm. the classic multiply Karibo strat to, uh, like, basically, like, gum up Relinquish so he sucks in too many Karibos and can't suck in any more monsters, and then Karibo explodes, and <laughs> Relinquish is all <laughs> fucked up, which lets Magician of Black Chaos, you know, do his Black Chaos spell, um... And kill it. Fun fact in the manga, the spell is just called Ultima. Huh. Like okay. He, he just casts Ultima in the manga. Uh, which I think is based. Thank you, Mr. Takahashi. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then that's, that's how Yugi wins, and that's where these episodes kind of end off. Um, with, with Yugi the victor. Um, I think we'd mentioned this before. It's been a while since we watched these episodes. Actually, we had a lot of shit happen. But Nora, what is your what's your take on these? How are you feeling about the match of the millennium? I kind of wish instead of five episodes, it was like a ninety-minute TV movie. You wish it was like a cool, a cool 90. I think you could trim it a little bit, but still keep all the stuff in it. Um, and make it one block. Hmm. And I think that would be a really cool event. I know that Yu-Gi-Oh is not big enough for that kind of shit at this point. Really? Well, they oh. had one of those like Toei TV movies that Toei properties just like get, you know, at the end mm-hmm. of, uh, at the end of original Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, yeah, but I do feel like we could have benefited from something like that here. Um, or if it was just the, like, a two-parter for tune stuff, a tune-parter, if you will, and then, like, I don't know. This is all useless because, like, it wouldn't really change the core of what's happening. And the core of what's happening is really sick. I liked all of the back and forth. It's silly when they're, like, you know, friendship, but hey, it's Yu-Gi-Oh!, I am. I'm a little torn on it. Like, I think some parts of this this final match are really cool, 
Um, and then I think other parts are sort of feel like they shouldn't be here. It's like... Now, you mentioned to me a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, (laughs) that the, uh, um... It, the black luster soldier is that like a new edition and like the some of these are like some of these super super cool cards at the end are like recent printings or like additions to the to the actual game is that right yeah some monsters definitely show up in the show like as they are introduced into the game so you can be like whoa it's that guy that guy's on do the you feel like card do you feel like that kind of decision making has had a negative impact on this, like, big duel? I wouldn't say so. Um, that's not quite the... That's not quite what I'm getting at here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more like... I think it's more like... There are so many beats in this duel, right? Like, yeah. you... When I, like, wrote down the blow-by-blow, blow, I have one, two, three, four, five... Six, seven, eight, nine, ten separate beats in this fight. And it's five whole episodes. And I think it's. It just doesn't flow as well as I would like. I think you could definitely condense this down into like uh, a two or three episode thing. Because um, he kind of fights two duels with Pegasus. Like, yeah, there's all the tune stuff and the mind reading stuff, and then they go into the shadow game and relinquish stuff. Um, and so it's sort of two duels, and I feel like Pegasus's deck feels very bifurcated because of that. Like, you have all the tune monsters, and then you have all the relinquished stuff, and it kind of just feels like he's playing with two different decks. Like, Pegasus doesn't have a a guy he doesn't have like an identity as a card player in the same way that like yugi has the dark magician you know and kaiba has the blue eyes white dragon and then joey has the red eyes black dragon and like everyone has kind of like a vibe with their decks even though the you know the archetypes aren't here yet and pegasus kind of had that with his tune decks but the duel is only 50 percent like how is Yugi going to beat these super tough tune monsters? He does that, and then Pegasus is like, actually, I have a new guy you've never seen before. Haha, here he is. Um, I think it also suffers from Pegasus's, like, main power being so, like, it's so black and white, you know? When he's on, he can read your mind perfectly, and he knows everything you're going to do. Um, mm-hmm. And then when he can't, he's like, damn it, I can't. Um, in that he really is like a JRPG boss that has two phases, mm-hmm. and like it's so it's like structured like that. Um, he has like, and that is kind of a detriment to the thing because like to there's a lot of dead space, uh, in this five episode arc because it's five episodes, and like. There's not really five episodes worth of duel in these episodes. Um, I don't know if there's like five. I don't know if my issue is like there's not five episodes worth of duel so much as there's like two duels stapled together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like 
it's so binary um and that like yugi's either totally at pegasus's mercy or totally not um i th- i think like you definitely could have made it like a, a three episode thing consolidated pegasus's deck more into like you know he has the tune monsters and also like maybe one boss tune with these like specific powers that we've never seen before um mm-hmm. and, and then i also want small yugi to be more of it because like the way that the duel goes is that small yugi like collapses and then just isn't a factor um but it's really cool when like they're doing the mind switch and like you know, both Yugi's are playing the game together and they have to trust each other. I feel like that should be the finale. You know, like, it's all power of friendship. We're working together, uh, except for regular Yugi, who's, like, who's passed out. Um, I think that that would work better if it was later. And, like, Big Yugi was more of a defined presence in the story and we like we had yeah other stakes for that character beyond just being part of yugi because then you could have like oh i am here without small yugi and i am doing my big yugi things with this big yugi antagonist but that's not where we are in the story right now we're in duelist kingdom (laughs) this is very much a small yugi antagonist yeah if this was like a battle city arc we would have if this was like happening in Battle City, we would have more sense of like who Big Yugi is as a character. Yeah. So them teaming up together would like I, I feel would would work slightly better. Um but as he is right now, he's just like a thing that, that small Yugi transforms into to play the card game. Um So I think the I think the impact of him coming in is slightly lessened than it would otherwise be. Um, mm-hmm. and then when he gets kind of like, when he gets taken out midway through the fight, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, by Yugi, I guess. There he goes. Um, I wanted to see, I, you know, I feel like if we're going to do this, I want to see the two Yugis work together to beat Pegasus, and for that to be like, both of them standing together at the end, rather than like, oh, Yugi passed out, but he's actually totally okay, and he left one card. And I'm going to use that card to beat you. And it's like, eh, I guess. I just kind of yeah. wanted the two of them together. That feels like, once you play that card, it feels like that should be the final note of the duel. And not that, like, oh, there's this whole other sequence going on after that. Mm-hmm. What, what letter grade would you give this whole situation? I think it's a B. Like, hmm. I don't I don't say all these criticisms to be like it's bad. I think this is like I think in in one sense it's like to its credit that this is the most complicated duel we've had so far. Mm-hmm. And like Pegasus has these like Pegasus establishes these like powerful board states where like his monsters are really strong for like you know these like traits that we have they have so Yugi has to find some way around it. Um and I think, like, the card play element of that is pretty solid. There's just too much of it. Mm-hmm. We needed just, like, a boss tune that, that does some stuff. Maybe he could, like, you know? I think you could have, like, the concept of Relinquish just as, like, the boss tune monster. Because um, the whole thing about the tune monsters is that they're stealing and tunifying your guys. You know, he does this with uh, Summon Skull. So, 
It's they, he should have a card called the cartoonist, and he has like an easel, and so he like takes your guys and paints them into this mural yeah, as like the relinquished gimmick. Yeah, and then like Pegasus. So it's like Pegasus, the creator of dual monsters, has like a creator boss monster. That's I feel like that would fit. As it is, relinquished is just kind of like a scary dude. He's got this freak. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's fun. First of all, I just I also want that because then we could get anime Walt Disney. <laughs> Come uh. on, <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> but I do think it's really funny to think about the like oh cartoon cutesy little guys, and then there's like oh evil fucked up monster. It's like if this show was like came out later i think those two would be merged and the the cartoons would just become creepy because mm-hmm. that just feels like a creepy pasta thing yeah i think they feel like a little bit too just join it and i think the pegasus fight mm-hmm. like suffers from that is what i would say but like i don't know it's still cool um i do have some good news about maximilian pegasus okay uh, we've we've talked at length about Pegasus's traits and facts on this podcast. We have. We're kind of fascinated with him. I just wanted to point out one that I didn't notice before. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, that his Japanese translated name says here is Pegasus J. Crawford, <laughs> no, <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah, that's uh, a, that's in the he, manga. <laughs> he's six foot two. Big guy. He's tall. Big fucking man. He's he's six foot two and hundred and forty pounds. I don't know how anyone like is it. Is that just like public knowledge? Does everybody just know everyone's dimensions in Yu-Gi-Oh? I mean, it's Wikipedia. You know, they got this is like the start of the internet, right? <laughs> Maybe Wikipedia is not necessarily around, but somebody somebody has put Pegasus measurements up online. Oh, his measurements. I don't have his measurements here. <laughs> you just said measurements to me. I, yeah, but, you know. <sighs> Pegasus. Pegasus. You've been reading the manga. I have been reading the manga. I read the manga to, like, compare... Um, mm-hmm. this, this stuff, cause, uh, we had a bunch of time in between the episodes, and so I wanted to get some, some background in. Um, I, what I will say is in the manga, I think this stuff flows much, it, it flows better cause it's much faster. Oh yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it's, I think it's maybe about like eight or nine chapters and that goes way faster than five episodes of anime, you know? Yeah. Um. Some interesting differences I found. I thought in the anime there is the the field is different in the anime in the manga. They're sitting down at a table and like playing cards, and the monsters are still appearing, but they're like small. Um, huh. which which I I like. I'm not actually that much of a fan of like the the Yu Gi Oh setup where they're like standing on opposite edges of this huge field. I kind of like that. Like Yu Gi has to sit. Next to pet, like across the table from Pegasus, and be like, "Fuck you, buddy. Yeah. We're playing cards." Like the little chessboard in uh, Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> sure, Star Wars lady. What the hell? 
it's just a very, it's just a very Nora thing to be like, yeah, sitting across a table and playing a game like in Star Wars, the one scene from New Hope. It's just a, Listen, it's just a bit of an uncommon I, pull. I think everyone knows about Dejaric, okay? Listen to yourself. Listen to the words that you just said. Uh huh. You think everybody knows about Dejaric? Yeah. Dejaric. Dejaric. Uh huh. The game. You let the Wookiee win. Yeah, because he's he's big and mad. He'll pop your arms out. He'll pop your arms out. That's the. He does that. That's his standard attack in the Lego games. He just hops on guys and pops their arms off. Man, that's. <laughs> that's one of those ones that's like when you think about it, jeez. <laughs> When you do it to like 17 stormtroopers in one room, <laughs> you're just kind of like, geez. Um, another, okay, back to the Yu Gi Oh manga. Um, another thing is okay, that. we'll stop talking about Star Wars. <laughs> uh, there is also no like big ball of darkness. Um, when Pegasus makes it a shadow game, like, there are like dark effects, but the everyone can still see everything that's happening, um, which I like better. <laughs> Again, I think mm-hmm. the like. The big ball of darkness is... I don't really know what it adds, and it's just kind of goofy. Um, it is kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they don't really... The like presence of magic in Yu-Gi-Oh! is still a little weird, mm-hmm. and I think that'll get di- like a little different and maybe better in later seasons, but right now it kind of feels like they're not 100% sure what the like scope or scale of the actual like shadow games and shadow magic stuff is right now Mm -hmm. yeah i think in battle city this stuff gets like a lot more defined yeah as like well kind (laughs) of well there's more of a framework where you're like okay these are the millennium items the millennium items come from this place to do this function and like some of them are fucked up and evil, so they can make fucked up and evil shadow magic happen. It's like, okay. Yeah. They have, like, iconic powers, if nothing else. And they're like, oh, this is the thing that does that. Sort of. I'm uh, Okay, I guess the Millennium Rod does have powers. And the necklace. Yeah, the necklace that lets you see the future. Um, what does the yeah. ring do? Un- unclear. I think the, it fun- the ring <laughs> lets you, uh, uh, I guess, warp the script around you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so funny. I so I read a bunch of the manga actually. Um, so I'm way farther than we are in the anime. It's so funny how many times Evil Bakura fucking dies and just <laughs> doesn't. Things that the ring can do include, but are not limited to. Uh, Finding other Millennium items. Yeah, yeah, like uh, the Dragon Ball radar. Um, putting a part memory, of your, putting a part of your soul into other Millennium items. Mass modify memory. Um, I think it shot a laser one time. <laughs> I think that's an anime invention. Uh. It, it returns if you throw it into the woods. There is an incredibly funny bit, and in, uh, in, I don't know if this is in the anime of Battle City, but in the manga of Battle City, there's an incredibly funny bit where, like, 
everyone runs into Dark Bakura again. <laughs> and, like, Tristan has a comment of, like, why does he keep putting on that damn necklace? Doesn't he know it's bad? <laughs> and then, like, they have a conversation which seems to imply that they think Bakura keeps finding the necklace and being like, oh, cool, my Millennium Necklace, and putting it back on and being like, oh, I'm possessed again. <laughs> when clearly that's not what's happening. Clearly, the, really the spirit is, like, already there. Oh, I mean, uh, look at this nice necklace. Let me... Oh, cool, <laughs> blimey! Oh, it's that, uh, it's that post about, um, receiving the dark, the dark energies from your phone. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um. I love Bakura. Another thing in the manga is that there's uh, multiple references to Bakura being a tabletop gamer. Oh, good, good. <laughs> At one point, he says he was late to Battle City because he was up all night writing uh, GM materials for his tabletop game. <laughs> um, and when I read that, I said, wow, I wish there was an anime just about Bakura's tabletop game. We're getting there. <laughs> it's not just the it's not just the season zero arc. We're getting to Bakura's tabletop game arc. Hell yeah. In like four years. What do you think he runs? Ah, uh, I hate to say it, Nora, but he's definitely running D and D. Are you sure? Because it, the, hmm. I mean, when he ran the tabletop for them in uh, season zero, it was basically just D and D. Hmm. Like it was maybe it maybe. was D and D through like the language of computer games, but those computer games are just cribbing from D and D. So yeah, that's true. I, I, the, the thing that's tripping me up about that is just that there's a lot of tabletop history in Japan that I don't know. Yeah. And so there are like the, the, there are, I think steps between and like surrounding the link between D and D and like Dragon Quest. And like, there are other steps in other directions in that design. And like, I know that there's other stuff out there that I am not familiar with. Yeah. But... So you're right. <laughs> so let me hinge, let me hedge my bets in saying that uh, English dub Bakura is definitely running D and D. All right, everyone, it's time for downtime actions. Yeah, actually, let me. Okay, so English dub Bakura is definitely running D and D, but somebody needs to turn him on to Blades in the Dark. He would have a fucking blast. <laughs> uh, I think oh, I I kind of wonder if he's not an OSR guy though. OSR? The uh, old school renaissance, the sort of like trying to build off of like older, like first edition mindsets. Well, I think like uh, he is, he's stated in the manga to be an occult enthusiast. Uh huh. So I think, I, so I think he would have a fucking blast with Blades in the Dark. Also, yeah. he, he is an occult enthusiast, and uh, Dark Bakura is a thief, so <laughs> I think they would both just be like, holy True. fucking shit, this rules. <laughs> Hell yeah. Bakura would get to describe like a freaky ghost in an, in an old mansion? Hell yeah, he'd eat that up. I want him to run this game. I want Bakura to run Blades in the Dark. For Bandit Keith and the Spooky Boys. Holy shit, this is a fan fiction. (laughs) 
You know Bandit Keith would be like that tabletop player who just gets like he like he can't take it seriously at all, and so he always has to like crack a joke or do something goofy. Um, uh, but he's actually really invested, and he doesn't know how to like, uh, el- like communicate oh. in-, in that, or like allow himself to communicate that. So he he's very dismissive, but he is like inside. He's like thinking about what what is Richard gonna do next. <laughs> oh, okay. So he's playing like the goofy character, but he's really playing it. You know. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. he's really invested in playing, like, the fucking roguish guy who's like, I don't actually care about any of this, but he's really seriously thinking about it. That's really cute, actually. <laughs> and you know Bones would just be, like, so into it. I want Bones to play a hull. Is that what they're called? The, like, construct with a ghost in it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's just be like, I'm gonna, like, break through the wall uh he he like definitely is like really into all the occult shit um mm-hmm. what a what a goofy little dude do you remember the name of the third guy um uh <laughs> uh <laughs> 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 No. There's also a fourth guy. <laughs> now that's really funny. Because I was thinking about Zygor, which is the kind of uh, spiky hair. Yeah, the Australian guy. No. I guess Sid also has spiky yeah, hair. Yeah, they all have spiky hair, Nora. Here's the, the sp- Zygor has, like, guile spiky hair. And Sid has, like... Karibo shaped head. Yeah, that's that's how Australians are generally. <laughs> Did Yugi just summon a bunch of Australians in that duel? <sighs> okay. Do we, do we have any emails? Um I know we maybe we should have posted about how we were coming back. Uh we did call for emails back when we were gonna originally record so i think we have some i have to go get my phone to look at the emails though gotcha okay i'll vamp okay (laughs) i'm actually doing really terrible at vamping um (laughs) So, Umineko on the Steam Deck, as it turns out, more of a difficult proposition than you might think. Um, for some reason, only the question arcs are, like, on there. Um, and then they only have, like, the playable. They're not, like, they don't have, like, the maximum compatibility on here, which is really weird. And then seemingly there's only one episode of Higurashi that is even, like... In the in the the on the like on the deck database, which is very strange. Um, this, uh, this I'm back. Hello, hello. Uh, we have four emails. Wow, <clears throat> I know. Our first 
email. I should have read these beforehand, <laughs> but um, our first one comes in from Eamon, who says in the subject line, I would sacrifice at least two other podcasts to summon this one. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Uh, Eamon has some very nice things to say and then asks... Do either of you have a particular favorite deck archetype or general theme or aesthetic? I've gotten into vampire cards playing the Switch game, and I always had a soft spot for cards like Mask of the Accursed that equip your opponent's monsters to screw them up. I I haven't played that much, but I like I like wizards. <laughs> no, I like wizards. I've always had a I've always had a soft spot for um just like machine cards in Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, my first like competitive Yu-Gi-Oh deck was um god what was it it was uh the Machina cards um which were just like a really fun series of like little robot guys that I just loved playing um it was very it was very I had a lot of fun playing those guys and it was like a cool budget deck because you could just buy the um mm. you could just buy the what what is what was it called you could just buy the structure deck three times and then like you had a workable um, you had a workable deck, so it was it was fun. I still have a lot of affection for them. I think about those those little Machina guys all the time. When I was thinking about getting into Yu-Gi-Oh like a year or two ago, um, the thing I was looking at was like a spellcaster deck that used a lot of pendulum cards, mm-hmm. and I thought that sounded pretty fun. Oh yeah, that does sound pretty fun. Uh, next question. Uh, Yami Yugi's the king of games. If you had to challenge him for that title, what game do you think you'd have the best chance of beating him in? It could be card game, video game, drinking game, whatever comes to mind. And as king, he'd have to accept the challenge. Honestly, rock, paper, Looking for- scissors. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to hearing you guys talk about the Pegasus Duel, and thanks again for putting out such a great podcast. Thank you, thank you. and uh, thank you for waiting around for this episode. Uh, I hope that you're enjoying it. I do think I'm just going to challenge him to a, a straight game of rock, paper, scissors. 52 card pickup? I don't know. He's pretty leaf. He's like, he's like leaf and skinny. I think he could scrabble mm. around effectively and just pick up all the cards. <laughs> huh. What game would I have a shot at beating Yugi in? I mean, I think I would probably have, like, a decent chance at, like, any of, like, the the card games that I know that he doesn't. (laughs) You know, it's just like, (laughs) this is is your first go at fucking uh, Card Fight Vanguard. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. I I think I've got a good shot. I could uh, could probably 1v1 him in League. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's what I want to see. (laughs) <laughs> Holy shit, Nora Blake! <laughs> I I really I really think it's odd that Yu Gi Oh never had had like a computer gaming arc. I guess that's just the time. Um, but it always seemed kind of strange to me. There's like the virtual world stuff, but that's not really yeah. That's not like computer gaming. Our next email contains many pictures from the manga. Okay. Which, uh, or one of them. Could you maybe, mangas. could you maybe send those, some of those to me? Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read this. 
Uh, hello, once again, this is from uh, Bob, who says, uh, wanted to chime in with some fun manga details that didn't make it into the show. First, the duel that gave us the number one song about friendship never happened. Yes. Closer than brothers, Yugi and Joey both decide to forego dueling, and even Pegasus is okay with their choice. Yes, I forgot to mention that, but I did think that was super interesting. That, like, they just get up, they just, like, walk up to each other, and they're like... And Joey says, like, yeah, I think you're pretty much the only guy who could beat Pegasus, so I'm chill with it. It's so, it's such an interesting resolution to me. Um, and which I guess makes a lot more, which I guess, like, you know, a big part of Battle City is going to be, like, Joey trying to, like, make it to the finals to duel Yugi. Um, which I think is, is, like is a lot more resonant when he hasn't already done that and lost in Duelist Kingdom, you know? Mm-hmm. No offense to Joey, just, uh, you did lose last time. <laughs> um, this next part has a warning on gun violence and suicide. Uh, immediately after Pegasus leaves his viewing balcony to face Yuki is when Bandit Keith appears to threaten him, this time wielding a knife instead of an invisible gun as we saw in the anime, but unfortunately Pegasus has shadow game gun magic, and bestowing Keith with a literal gun hand, he forces Keith to turn it on himself. And that is the end of Keith's time in the manga. Uh, uh, except he's, uh, shows up in a spinoff. Hmm. Yeah, the, um, the arc in, um, the arc at the beginning of Battle City in the anime where Keith shows back up does not happen in um, original Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, or, like, in the manga, um, which I think is interesting. There's going to huh. be, in the transition from Battle City to, uh, or the, in the transition from Duelist Kingdom to Battle City, I think we're going to see a lot of, like, anime original material and changes from the manga, which I think will be fun to talk about. Yeah, uh, closes it out with thanks again for such a great podcast. Once we get to season two of Battle City, I'll have some fun info on Duke Devlin and uh, what Yugi's duel with Rare Hunter Keith is based on. Interesting, yeah, tantalizing. Yeah, the um, the yeah the duel with uh, the duel with Keith and the Dungeon Dice Monsters Duke Devlin arc are like where some of the the most like uh like a anime remixing comes in i think also oh, rebecca yeah. is an anime invention <laughs> no rebecca <laughs> in the manga all right i'm just sending no nothing else to send you but um next question comes in from kyrie says, I've been rewatching the series with friends and I noticed that throughout this arc there are definite points where the show finds itself. The panic duel is when the show's look crystallizes with strong visual style and posing. Paradox Brothers duel is where they figure out pacing and giving Yugi and Joey distinct play styles. And the Pegasus duel is the payoff to a whole season of heat building that I can still recall vivid details of d- decades after the fact. What are the moments in this season that stand out as the most defining features of the arc? Where do you think the show turns from simple battle anime card games to what would become a cultural force of nature <laughs> well that really good song <laughs> you love that song <laughs> i love that album excuse me <sighs> songs to duel by songs to duel by um the part that i always remember like 
parts from this season that I always remember are like, um, I always remember the, I always remember the Joey Bones duel for some reason. I think that's because I really hated zombies as a kid. So I remember like the zombie duel. Um, Mm-hmm. And also Pump King, the King of Ghosts, always stuck in my head as a very goofy name for a thing. Um, was this in in reaction to or before the like zombie revival thing of the 2000s? I would have to look at a lot of like Wikipedia release dates to tell you anything about that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to say before, I similar I think for a similar reason I always remember Yugi and Kaiba's duel on the uh on like the castle ramparts because that image of like he fuses Mammoth Graveyard into the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon to like decay yeah. it is like that's such a strong Im- like body horror image um and I remember specifically my mom wandering in while we were watching that episode and being like this is gross and I'm like no it's cool <laughs> <laughs> He fused the skeleton with the giant dragon. Which presumably has its own skeleton. <laughs> I don't know. We've never seen the inside of a blue-eyes white dragon. <laughs> that might not be scales. It might be an exoskeleton is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is that my engagement with Yu-Gi-Oh! is so strongly tied <laughs> to the Abridged series. Yeah, that's your elemental that- shame. But, like, when I think about Yu-Gi-Oh! outside of that, I mainly think about the very first episode. I don't know why that episode is so, like, clear to me. I just know it for some reason. Um, And the, the things that, like, stuck out for years that I remember are just dumb things like, hey, is that Bakura? What's he doing on the island? <laughs> and, like, the freaky fish guy. Um, and as for, like, rewatching it, I don't know... I have a good answer. I think that, like... Coming back to it as, like, not a child and, like, looking at it and seeing arcs happen and like oh like joey is we are told that joey is like at this skill level and we're watching him like hit walls and have to like change things up to like get past it is is interesting Mm -hmm. um yeah uh our last email i wait hold on i want to say yeah. I think the point at which Yu-Gi-Oh! becomes, like, the cultural force that it does is really once it gets the tie-in card game. Like, mm. that's really the... In my memory, at least, that's really the thing that makes it, like, a household name uh, to the point where, like, schools are banning Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. It's, like, when the, when the like, cool, like, Japanese cartoon that, like, is, is edgy and weird in the way that, like... You know, uh, the rest of the shows on uh, WB, on Kids WB, are, like, just not. And then you can also, like, go out and buy these cool cards and, like, play a card game with your friends. I think that's really, like, the one-two, like, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh's here to stay situation. (sighs) Yu-Gi-Oh. I think also just, like... I think also just the aesthetics. Like, we talked a bit about, like, the Magician of Black Chaos's design, but, like... 
Takahashi's like art really does have like a it has a really unique vibe and in a way that just like yeah. you're not seeing shit that looks like this um other places that you look on TV um and it's just like cool there was a while where Yu-Gi-Oh was sort of like the defining like that's just what anime was to me <laughs> I think it's very interesting now that I have a bigger knowledge base about anime to see like Yu-Gi-Oh as this like transitional um art style of like it's still got some of the elements of like very sharp 90s designs like very sharp angles and points and stuff but it is also like definitely shifting toward like the mid 2000s styles of anime that i watched after like well after the fact um and it's like interesting to see that like oh this looks kind of like a 90s show but it kind of looks like a 2000s show because it is like sort of situated on the in the middle there hmm. <clears throat> our last email comes in from faden who says who would be the worst Yu-Gi-Oh character to sit next to on a plane who <clears throat> there are so many great choices here but can you think of anything worse than being stuck between the Paradox Brothers? Oh, nightmare. <laughs> In terms of the... And since it's three seats long, you know that's an intercontinental flight. <laughs> uh, the first thing that just, like, jumps to mind instantly is uh, Bandit Keith. Like, you know he would just be trying to talk to you about shit for the entire flight? Mm. Um... And it would be extremely exhausting just to listen to his ass. You know, when I first flew, nobody cared if you had a fucking pocket knife on the plane. <laughs> he would just be complaining, too. He would alternate between, <laughs> like, um, talk, like a bragging about all the shit he's done, and then also just, like, really petty complaints. Like, you know when they serve the in-flight meal, he's gonna be pissed off about that. Yeah. Man, I'm I'm pissed off just, just thinking about this. <laughs> I'm like having a bad time just thinking about this. Who would who would you most want to sit next to on a plane? Oh. I'm 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 yes ending the the email here. Yeah. You know what? I think small Yugi like I think I think he would just know how to pass the time. Like he'd get you like a fun little game to play that the two of you could play. He's, he'd pull out his backpack and be like, hey, have you heard about this? And you'd be like, oh, shit, this is fun as hell. It's that, or he would, like, have a Game Boy and plug some little headphones in. And <laughs> just ignore you. <laughs> but he would say hi yeah. and everything, and he'd be very, like, friendly, but he would, like, yeah. you know, he has his backpack full of stuff to do. <laughs> he would. I do think Yugi, Yugi definitely, like, he gets on a train or a plane, and he's just, like, he's one of those people who just, like, has all his shit, you know? He's also snacked up. Oh. Oh, he's... You know he's got... You want some Fig Newtons? <laughs> uh, he would... You know, I think he would do that. He's nice. He's nice. He's nice. He's nice, Yugi. Um, I would love to sit next to Kaiba on a plane because of the implications of what kind of plane I'd be <laughs> on if Kaiba was on Yeah, him. I'm like, Kaiba is not flying commercial. <laughs> No, <laughs> if I'm sitting next to Kaiba on a plane, I'm on a hell of a plane. 
you're on like the Kaiba Corporation plane. I want to be on the dragon plane. <laughs> uh, another thing the manga did was like fully cement my love for Kaiba. He's my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh character. He's great. I haven't even seen the manga or anything, but like, yeah, he's, I, I'm also on that. He's just such a funny little loser. I just love watching him run around. <laughs> um, I'll say again, I do think it's, I do think it's really fun how like he's the like I hate friendship rival, but he's also fully willing to admit when the power of friendship saved the day. Yeah, he's like, damn. Hats off to you, Yugi, but I still don't think friendship is real. Or, like, he doesn't think it's... He doesn't think fr- the power of friendship isn't real. He's just like, I have my own shit I'm on. It's fucking stupid, but I guess it works. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like, I'll... Ad- you know, they, like... I think at the end of, like, Duelist Kingdom, he says something like, Well, it looks like you won and I lost, but I won't give up on my uh, lonely road that I'm walking. Some stupid shit like that. <laughs> he's such a goofball. Um... It's, uh, I'm really looking forward to his thing in Battle City where he starts yelling about God. <laughs> um, they're definitely going to change that for the dub, but he does just, like, wander around, like, squashing dudes with the power of God. God, that sounds great. That Kaiba kid needs to get laid. <laughs> Alright, I think that's it for me on the Yu-Gi-Oh! question. It's... That's it for me. I'm I end my turn. Uh Olivia, I have a question for you. Oh god. Where can people send us emails? You can send us emails at wearetheemail at gmail.com. No, we haven't changed it since we stopped doing the league podcast, and no, we never will. We might someday. I don't know. No, we never will. <laughs> So, okay, fine. Um, and if somebody wants to see more of your posts online, where do they find if you? If you want to see me uh, do like five tweets about uh, Gundam the Witch from Mercury every week, you can follow me on Twitter at Great Grief, which is a type of bird. Uh, the rest of the day, I'm retweeting anime women. Hell yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at neither nora i don't tweet that much i have noticed um i should tweet more but i've been playing dozens of hours of xcom lately so not much space for tweeting yeah i know you've really been playing dozens of hours of xcom because you posted like three videos and one of them was, like, early game XCOM, and I'm like, okay. And then the next videos were, like, late game XCOM. And I'm like, oh. Oh, Nora went fast. So, <laughs> I have been playing for over an in-game year, and I've barely touched the, like, main story missions. <laughs> I heard that, like... I'm just... In terms of your game updates, I heard, like, you started, you're having a lot of fun, oh no, you're about to die, you think you're gonna lose, and then, like... You've reached a perpetual endgame state where you could go kill these aliens at any time, but you're just kind of toying with them. I am doing missions that are prompted, but, like, I have a thing equipped that reduces the Avatar project clock by one pip every month. And I'm doing those little, like, 
automated send two guys out for a couple days missions that will sabotage the avatar project so there's like four facilities out there but it hasn't reached more than four pips in like six months of game time (laughs) (laughs) so i am just like i did fully train a psionic operative uh and that's like one of the core features of my like squad and uh i've just been like trying to collect as much stuff and like get all of the gear before i go fight all the aliens even though i'm fighting all the aliens and like i have defeated every enemy that i would face in the story mode so i already know i can get through all of the story stuff i just haven't done Mm -hmm. it but it's cool also i downloaded into the breach and uh played a lot of that uh and then I lost some time. <laughs> but, One uh, of those, like, look game. down, look up. Oh, how did five hours pass situations? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They put a bunch of new mechs in that game. So. That's true. I need to get around to that. Anyway, uh, that's beyond the scope of the, the Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Yeah, that's for your video games podcast. Oh, you mean journal update? Go update your journal, the loser. <laughs> you can listen to me talk about tactics games <laughs> uh, at the end of the month at um, thesecondbestgame.club. We're playing Dead Space this month. Dead Space? I haven't started it yet. Maybe <laughs> maybe instead of dozens of hours of XCOM. I could play one dozen hours of... Dead Space. Dead Space. Thanks. And be done one and a half times. There you go. Uh, that's it for the podcast Uh, Olivia what do we say to them Uh, until next time get off my deck get off my deck